Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to walk through Thursday's uh, eight-game slate, November 16th. DJ, how was your Tuesday night? It was good. I mean, I was like pretty sick on Tuesday. Uh, I felt like absolute garbage, so I was actually really trying to fight to stay awake because I needed like one leg of a parlay for money, and I just, I was dying, so I didn't... uh, normally there's zero percent chance i'd fall asleep and not post at night but in the morning i woke up to some good news so yeah working on some block shot stuff uh, a lot of stuff at puck luck that's really good and useful and you know a couple things didn't get there but not a single vegas player had a point alas and the block shots that we looked into for Rasmus sandine looked really good so i swapped and sometimes you are you know horseshoe up the ass and you hit something so more stuff to come over there as always. And um, DFS was, uh, I capitulated uh, for a while on which Florida team to play. And I played the wrong Florida team because Tampa got smoked. So DFS did not go well. Yeah. Um, I had four entries in the 400 and cashed one of them. Um, felt really good going into the Florida game though. You know, theoretically <laughs> there was a world where Reinhardt hits 40 and, you know, his line mates both get there. Um where, you know, I'm, I'm hunting for the top, but I had a Pittsburgh-Columbus game stack, which um, Marchenko scored immediately, and he was just the last guy in. You know, I had Fantilli, Wierenski, Eric Carlson with Florida uh, Florida 1, and then I one-offed uh, Nils Lundqvist. I was between him and Pospisil for the one-off. You know, both guys, whatever. They I think Pospisil got uh, like 12 or something, and uh, Lundqvist got 5. So it is what it is, but... Um, and I hit the, the on that team. I had the Lindgren shutout, which was obviously the main um, the main contributor to me being in the hunt. Didn't really work out to anything, and my other two teams were kind of garbage. My main team was Dallas three, which smashed, and um, you know the Sagan two chain pairing, um, and Vegas one, which <laughs> doesn't uh, doesn't feel good to uh, waste Dallas three to that, but you know it was on some pretty good stuff and um, on a different on a different day probably would have been in contention. Um, so I felt pretty good about how Tuesday went. Um, I don't know Thursday's pretty similar in that there's really like a couple high end spots, um, but like nothing overwhelming. Maybe Florida was an overwhelming spot, but we know that like you know teams on the road like. You know, it's it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit different than teams. You know, when they're at home facing these complete uh, <laughs> uh, shit shows of teams. Um, so you know, it's one of those another interesting slate where there's you know some good players, but there's there's not the McDavid's, there's not the Matthews of the world um, on the slate to pick through. So um, yeah, any anything else before we talk about Thursday's eight gamer? Mm, probably uh not anything ultra specific uh just excited for the nhl game growing um it was in the discord talking about a bunch of things but like seeing blender be like hey like hockey rocks and the nba is not fun and then you know Saul, congratulations if you're listening gets a gets a new gig and sites are caring about it like people care about it so again i mentioned it last time but i really love the community we have and i love the community just all around getting bigger and more people coming in so um so shout out to the discord as well and you know listener league jimmy and everything so just makes me really excited for getting into more slates like this one which as you mentioned is really fun and i'll go game by game if you're ready 
Uh, yeah, uh, actually, one more thing. The uh, NHL is playing overseas on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Is that right? Or they start Friday. Sorry, they might start Friday. Um, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Tomorrow. Nope. It's yeah, tomorrow. They play a game tomorrow. So be yeah. in the be on the lookout, you know, uh, showdown slates. There um, is. Setting, There's, you know, yeah, two o'clock Eastern yep, time. Two Eastern. Okay. Yep, I was gonna so, I was gonna mention I was actually gonna mention that, but I'm glad you've caught it as well. Um and if you are playing that showdown slate, do know that Huso is not in Sweden because he had a baby, so he will not be there. So make sure you double check on that. Um anyways though, we have Arizona. Wait, where am I on the right slate? Yeah, Arizona at Columbus, basically a pick 'em in Columbus. The Blue Jackets scored goals and uh they, they really can kind of get it from all three lines. Fantilli again was awesome. You know, four shots. I loved his shot prop and I'll probably look to it again. Um, Arizona, Clayton Keller continues to do Clayton Keller things. Uh that the prices have felt decent-ish on Arizona. I'm not sure if they'll be popular, but you know, keep an eye on that. 6700 Keller with his line mates, it's kind of starting to reach a low point there. You know, we talked about Hayton, and we'll get more into that game when we get, you know, we go over the whole slate, but definitely keep an eye on all that. Vegas at Montreal. I already mentioned Vegas got completely shut out <laughs> last game. Uh, no one got there, as, as, as would be the case against Washington. Doubt that happens again in Montreal, but this Vegas team just looks a bit different. They look a bit out of sorts. They're missing what seems to be, a, you know, not insignificant piece, but a piece that you wouldn't think they could just not be able to get over in Stephenson and just keep an eye on when he comes back. You know, he didn't play Tuesday, but I don't think it's um, anything that he couldn't be back any day now, but haven't seen anything to indicate he'd return here. Montreal was good enough, I think, to contend with that uh, really good defensive team in um, Calgary. There it is. But, didn't get it done. Cole Caulfield had like 12 shot attempts, eight on goal or 11 shot attempts, whatever it was. So keep an eye, you know, always on him. If you're playing Montreal, New Jersey and Pittsburgh, this is the first attempt at Jack Hughes, maybe being back. We don't know. I don't, I mean, it, he's supposed to be there. I'd be pretty shocked. Malkin day to day, but I expect him to play. He was sick for practice. Um, Tampa at Chicago, the absolutely atrocious Tampa Bay defense goes to play Connor Bedard. I mean, it feels like, when an uh, unstoppable objects meets a, I don't know what the saying is. You get the point. So ownership was very high. I think you have it for St. Louis against Tampa last late. I'm not sure if it's get all that repeatable, but I will, you know, just I feel like we, we it's something at least worth definitely discussing because people may actually go to Bedard here. Um, and he has been absolutely world beating Taylor Hall, not going to return. And what's his name? Athena see you likely out as well. Um, uh, yeah, Athenasi is definitely out. He's weak definitely to week. Definitely out. Weak. To... All right. Well, that answers that. Was there one? Oh, yeah, yeah, No. Yeah, there was the what other thing. What was it again? Oh, yeah, Reichel, top power play. That that, that was the thing. Um, next, we have Vancouver on a back-to-back against the Flames. As I mentioned, the Flames have been pretty good. They're playing a team on a back-to-back. This game doesn't really scream a lot of interest or value, but keep an eye on what happens in Vancouver. Carson Soucy is going to miss. He's week-to-week as well likely uh a while for him and that could give some role to another defenseman keep an eye on like a you know jewel sin in, in for you know if he ends up getting more than the 12 to 14 minutes he's been having it could be an interesting note the islanders are at the seattle kraken seattle also on a back-to-back the islanders also on a back-to-back 
So two back-to-back teams in a matchup I don't think people are going to heavily target anyways, but just, again, it's uh, no notes of anything of great nature right now, but definitely see what both these teams do if you're planning on playing either. Florida is at the LA Kings. Florida coming off of the, you know, the bye game against the Sharks. They get it done five to three. Is Sam Reinhardt almost 8K? Yes, he's 7,900 now. The, you know, the climb to this price is warranted as the points have absolutely followed. It seems like every night he's getting at least two. LA Kings, though, are a team that many people don't want to mess with. That center depth is really, really good. And it remains pretty fairly priced. And lastly, we get the very uh, profitable St. Louis Blues on the last slate playing against Tampa, going against a team that everyone likes to target, San Jose Sharks. And if if it isn't a slate where we talk about chalk against San Jose, these prices them here for St. Louis are not high. They're what I would consider to be quite low. When you get guys like Tory Krug, who I think as soon as Matt quit playing at 3,900, as he has just gone absolutely crazy, um, at you know, pairing him with uh, players under 5K. I mean, but the only two players for the Blues above 5K are Cairo at 6,200 and Robert Thomas at 5,800. You are going to see a lot of chalk funneled to the Blues in this matchup. Um, and then San Jose, we are going to get our new favorite prospect, um, Gushin. So he looked unreal. I mean, he almost scored the craziest goal ever. I don't know if it would have gone in, but I think I quote tweeted it on my main account. He literally was like, oh, I don't have an angle. I'm just going to try to shoot this puck between my legs like 50 miles an hour at above the goalie's shoulder. It was sick. Um, so, yeah. Anything I missed? Um, on Gushin, I don't know what we know about Mikhail Granlund, but he did not practice and therefore, theoretically, like, Cunning was centering the second line. I don't think Cunning gets scratched, so I'm not really sure... Uh, you know, I make sure make sure that uh, Gushin's playing because they could go Grandland, Duclair, Cunnan for the second line, and Gushin either doesn't play or drops down in the lineup. So, uh, you know, whatever super minor thing, we'll talk about it at the end. But just wanted to throw that out there before people uh, went made their lineup, submitted it, and didn't finish this podcast uh, based on the plays we are talking about here. So, cool. um, I will also note we're on Brandon Montour watch. That's kind of significant for Florida. Um, he's 5,400. I don't think he plays Thursday. I think they're saving him for Friday night in Anaheim. You know, the, the narrative fits obviously burdening him with a back to back on his first games of the season, probably not what the team wants to do. Um, but at least be on the lookout. It's a 10 30 start. So, you know, uh, it, you might want to plan for it. I wouldn't, but just keeping that in mind. Yeah. Um, yeah just news. on that note, Granlin, Duclair, and Ruda will play tomorrow per Quinn. Um, and I don't think they said who would be out then. So, yeah, definitely, so. Yeah, I guess, keep an eye on that. Yeah, that that is interesting. I, huh. Okay. Well, no, no sense speculating. I didn't see anything, but man, if they, they take out Gushin. He was very useful for them. Uh, he produced quite yeah, a bit of offense. He was like their second guy. Yeah. And do you know we'll who's watching it. the games? Mike Greer. Mike Greer goes, "Oh crap, that guy uh, maybe would help us win. Uh, let's get him back to the HL." <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I would just assume he gets sent down if he's not playing. So it should be pretty early on. We know that. Anyways, are you ready to go game by game, my good friend, or are you anything else? Uh, yeah, let's do it. I mean, we don't know what the contest is. I'm guessing it's another 555 on Thursday, but it's 730 on Wednesday night right now. 
Um, you know, not that that's a huge deal when we're doing the podcast, of course, but, you know, I like to have like this sort of slate size where we're dealing with, um, I imagine it'll be a big slate, but nothing's posted yet. So just, just, you know, uh, again, we're sort of a little blind on what the contests look like. Anyway, Arizona at Columbus. Um, yeah, Columbus uh, played a relatively fun game against Pittsburgh. I watched the vast majority of it. Like I said, I had that uh, Columbus game stack. Um with with Eric Carlson. Uh Adam Fantilli played 16 minutes. That's a little bit lower than I would have expected, but it's his high mark. Um, let's see, his highest number since October. Um, you know, getting up to 19 looks like his peak uh in late October. Um, so seeing him back on the climb uh back after playing 11 minutes uh the other day, I like to see that 4300 top power play. He's still shooting a ton. Um, when he's on the ice, you know, you see the talent, you see everything, um, you know, Connor Bedard's on the slate. We'll talk about him in a bit, but Fantilli is nearly $3,000 cheaper, uh, arguably gets better line mates to play with and, you know, has a similar shot share um, in what I would say is, you know, probably a better matchup too. So I'm pretty much all in on the Fantilli train here. Um, you know, I, I understand his line mates are a little too expensive in Markchenko and Voronkov. Um, but they're cheap enough. Zach Wierenski, I think, is a good value. So I, I like this home Columbus side, even if they're a slight underdog to Arizona. Um, but uh, what are your feelings here? Are you interested in paying up for the Boone Jenners and Johnny Gaudreau's of the world? Or are you looking at the Arizona side here? I, I'm interested in the Arizona side. I'm not sure if I'm ready to anoint it a, a favorite stack. But at some point, this it's going to drop to a – I mean, has it been bad? I mean – it's been bad as a whole. Like it hasn't, there's, there's not been a slate breaker between the three of these, you know, the Hayton Schmaltz, um, Kettler unit yet, but the price is dropping. Schmaltz is 13 points in 15 games. It's not like he's been useless. At some point it's going to all happen. And I really don't think of this Columbus team as like a, Oh, I'm afraid I'm going to, you know, this, the defense is just too good. I, you know, good Branson's going to shut him down. Um, so I could see a scenario where I, I run it. I mean, what is it? 4,100 Hayton, 6,700 Keller, and 5,100 Schmoltz. And I have no problem bringing it back with Fantilli and Morensky. Like, I'm totally fine with that as a core in a lineup. I don't think I'm getting cute with Arizona, but I get why you would. Like, Kraus has been incredible. Top power play does not include him. The top power play is <clears throat> the top three guys I've already said with Jersey and Cooley. It remains the same. I can't imagine it changes, but... Yeah, I'm I'm interested here. I, I really do think that this top line in Arizona is just absolutely due. It doesn't mean they're going to do it here. Like eventually, though, that price is going to get to a point where you really need to consider it. And I'd say it's about there now. Yeah, um, you know, Clayton Keller has been pretty good. Um, you know, it's in the price. Like I struggle with it because I think this spot gets a, a considerable amount of ownership, and I I'm just not. Um, I'm not, I'm just not that interested in playing, you know, 5k for Nick Schmaltz uh, personally. Like yeah. I just, I mean, it, it, the odds it's... that he kills me is three points. You know, he needs to get three points in order to bury me. Um, and you know, the lion's playing fine, but I don't really see anything like super special here. Um, I think and... it just fits with St. Louis one or two so well that it could just garner ownership, like playing all of that makes yeah. sense. I see um... what you mean. Like it definitely, it could get chalky and it, I'm trying to say like, Oh, is it a little sneaky? And I think you're right. It's really not sneaky. It's, I don't think it's getting past anyone. Um, but yeah, 
I think there's a couple games here that people are definitely going to stay away from, and this is not one of them. So I get it for sure. It, yeah. So, so I'm tracking it, you know, um, it like Sean Dursey probably gets a bit overlooked. I'm guessing just because he's 5,500 now, he probably doesn't project as a $5,500 type player. Um, but he's clearly, you know, he clearly has upside beyond um, his, his salary. So I, I think if you're playing Arizona, you know, take a hard look at Dursey because he's probably paying up to be contrarian. Um, you know, there's a lot of salary to work with on the slate. We will talk about so many spots where there's a lot of, you know, value when Arizona is included in that mix. Um, so these high-end defensemen probably will get ownership. My guess is the second tier guys of, you know, Anderson, Dursey, Ekman Larson don't really get played despite having, you know, solidified number one roles for their team as well. So uh, that that's sort of uh, one high level takeaway I have, um, but I'm not really dipping into this Arizona second line stuff. I was all over the Michelli Kraus Bukestad line. Um, that doesn't really seem to have done much. Uh, you know, Nick Bukestad's been very disappointing. Um, just you know, he's old. <laughs> like he's he's getting older. Clearly, the the shot rate just has not been there this year. I'm not inclined to keep chasing it. As a matter of fact, I think Logan Cooley is you know a better option at this point. He at least has um, some decent underlying numbers, and is really not getting paid off for how well he's playing. Uh, one of the unluckiest quote unquote players on the slate over the last ten. He's generating a fine amount, but really he's just not producing even for the meager salary he's at. Um, and I expect that to change. So I think Logan Cooley is a decent option. You know, maybe play five-man Arizonas or something, the power play one. Um, I think all of those are good ways to go, but I'm not getting too crazy in how I yeah. stack these guys. So Yeah, and honestly, I feel like I just, after we haven't really mentioned Line A, but he, he has been really, really good since returning. I, I, I don't know if yeah. it's um, anything. I mean, he's, you know, back-to-back-to-back two blocks too. It's like he's just missing on that, like, Maybe that's just a part of the Columbus nature now. Like they're kind of adopting a bit of like a flyers mentality of like everyone's blocking shots. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's something that it's just kind of like looking at these numbers and it's just interesting that he's over six shot attempts per game on the season. Since he's been back, it's definitely been like that, if not better. And Jenner's also right there. And Wierenski, it's like, why is that three man not coming into my head a bit more? Um, probably should be probably getting cute with Fantilli isn't actually getting that cute because people are going to be playing Adam Fantilli. I, I think you have, the popularity of the player plus what he lets you do and the ceiling on this guy, it just seems to the moon, you know, are people actually going to play Chinnikov, Jenner and Line? Um, Chinnikov being a guy that you don't need to even include because he's not on their power play. He only played 13 minutes. They clearly are getting Jenner and Line out there a lot. You know, I, I I just a lot of that kind of comes together. I mean, I can even see them going back to Gaudreau there. You know, if they run the whole thing, does that interest you? Uh, not really. Um, I think Johnny Gaudreau is an interesting piece, but if he's with that line, I think he'll just project so much better <laughs> that I don't want to fight the ownership. Like he's clearly uh, <laughs> something's not quite right in yeah. Columbus. They, and I mean, I'm not really invested in. I'm not really interested in paying up if, necessarily for pieces. Benstrom, ben, Benstrom's obviously gone. That means Ken Johnson's back. Um, we don't know if we know yet because I'm assuming that it's Gaudreau and Kent Johnson. I mean, I don't know. We're going way too probably too deep right now because we just don't know yet. But I don't even see Kent Johnson listed on the slate. I mean, no, I 
I don't even I don't think he's been called up or anything. My guess is Olivier just slides in because he's been part of their fourth line for for, for a while. And yeah, so, I mean, I guess someone slides up the lineup, but I'm not looking at their last game right this second. Uh, let's see. The last game, yeah, I mean, Texier probably slides up and Olivier to the fourth line. And, you know, they, they've been rolling a fourth line, I think, of Danforth, Olivier Corrali. So I would not be surprised to see that. But again, not interested in Texier either. It's just sort of like uh, I know that there are a few guys on Columbus who shoot pucks, and I just want to play those guys, including Zach Wierenski. I think he's a great play on this slate. Um, I'm a little interested to see where ownership falls. You know, I mentioned Dursey, Anderson, Eggman Larson. Wierenski's a, a hundred more than Anderson. Um, if any of those guys look like they are truly going to be like two, 3% owned type plays, I might just play them, you know, one-off stacks. doesn't really matter. These guys can do it all. They block shots, you know, take shots, can get points on the top power play and so on. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely uh, interested though in like these upper 5k defensemen and beyond that too like up the when he was even on this slate given how much money there is to play with so let's keep things moving uh vegas at montreal uh vegas i honestly would not expect them to shake things up uh after their tuesday loss um they you know they had 3.8 expected goals they just didn't score like it happens uh, i would imagine eichel marsh so barbashev remains the same uh i'm perfectly happy to go back to that well uh barbashev Cut down his price a little bit, down to 3700 So anytime he's below 4K, I think that's viable just because he doesn't have to do that much to pay off. You're going to need a ceiling from Eichel and Marcheseau, but like if Barbashev just ekes across, you know, gets a, a point and a couple shots, anything beyond that's a bonus. And he can do that. You know, he's uh, he's he's been uh, known in the past to block a few shots. Um, you know, he can put up multiple points as well in a game with his power play two job. Um, so yeah, I think Vegas 1 is really the only place I'm going. You could chase a seven-shot Mark Stone game, but yeah, eh, probably not for me. No. Um, and uh, hey, uh, Jonathan March or so, uh, that the guy was born in Quebec. I don't know where, but good good for that. There you go. You have your narrative. You have, I mean, you have everything you needed more. Um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I, I do think that Eichel March or so actually is the sneaky situation that I was debating or uh, thinking that maybe Arizona was, I think this is actually the one that people aren't actually going to jump all over because it's just hasn't hit lately. And it's just more expensive. It's kind of not the complete opposite because Arizona hasn't hit altogether, but you know, I goes up to 8,100 four straight slates where he's been barely serviceable, definitely not meeting his expectation, not beating his price. And he's been good. And if he gets there, likely Jonathan Marcheseau is coming along for the ride uh, and Marcheseau just has not been shooting, which is strange. Um, the minutes also dipped a bit, then come back up. Not sure. Yeah. Shea Theodore, 6K. It's kind of just feels like one of those stacks that it doesn't feel good because it hasn't been doing well, but that's no reason not to play it. And Montreal is a, a team that many people target, and for good reason. So I'm down to go back to it. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm would... not sure. Uh, sorry, I'm not sure how people are viewing Washington at this point, but Eichel, Marcheseau, Theodore, Eichel was 3% in the $400 on Tuesday night, uh, Marcheseau 2%, Shea Theodore 1%. So like beyond me, that means like two people played Shea Theodore. Um, so I 
I think that goes up a little bit given the matchup and given that there's one fewer game on this slate, but I would be very surprised to see Jack Eichel come in above 10% on this slate. And that for me, is just a jam it in, uh, especially because we know on the Montreal side, like if you want to build a game stack, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Mr. Cole Caulfield, come yep. on down, Mr. You know, Mike Matheson, there you are. Um, and you can do that, you know, use some of these value pieces on the slate in a stack alongside the game stack. And there you go. There's your GPP lineup in a nutshell. So, yep. You um, legitimately read my mind. I mean, that was exactly where I was going to say was I was like in the process of thing and I don't even hate bringing it back with Cole Caulfield. And yeah, that, yeah it, it makes quite a bit of sense. I don't think there's all that much more to cover here. Um, I, I don't think Montreal is useless. I do think that you could consider some of these cheaper players um you know last game they did pretty well uh josh anderson with suzuki and Newhook, like he definitely became the guy uh i could at least consider it the minutes were there he is on the first power play he is cheap and I, he's going to score at some point i mean this guy is shooting the puck for sure it's just not going in 3600 is at least intriguing enough on that top power play for me um, to, to take a look. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have anything else to say here. Go okay. Um, so, uh, oh, actually the Canadians have played a ton of games lately. Um, I'm trying to quantify it. Let's see. They've played the ninth, 11th, 12th, 14th, and now the 16th. Uh, I think that's what, is that six games in nine days or something like that? Um, anyway, it, it, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, tired legs i guess that could be there for montreal maybe that's not abnormal i haven't looked at the schedule effects in a while but the nhl usually doesn't uh, often schedule teams like playing you know a back-to-back and then every other day for the next week um and that seems to be the case with montreal right now so you know maybe something there maybe not i don't know let's move on new jersey at pittsburgh um if jack hughes does not return i honestly don't know what to make of this Pittsburgh uh, stack. I imagine, well, one, we're assuming Malkin plays, um, but I imagine the the Sidney Crosby chasers um, don't really come out in droves here. Again, there's just a lot of spots in the mid-tier, and, you know, Tampa, I think, sucks more ownership than Pittsburgh does. Um, and so maybe that means you get a relatively low-owned Sidney Crosby coming off a hat-trick, which feels kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh one's been really, really good. Um, New Jersey remains overpriced. So I would say if you're playing this game, just go all the way, just, you know, use all your salary in it, use, you know, use the pieces. Um, I, I don't really see taking like one-offs of the forwards in particular working here. Um, you know, maybe Eric Carlson fits the mold as a one-off defenseman, but like if I'm playing Timo Mayer, like I really just want to say this game is, you know, what Pittsburgh can do where it's a five to four type track meet. Um, this is the game you had to have. That's just sort of my feeling here. Uh, but anything news wise or uh, anything like that you want to cover here? I mean, it was definitely keep an eye on Malkin. Uh, all the more reason that Pittsburgh one could be extra in play. Uh, and I do agree that you probably go all the way here. Uh, Holtz did see 16 minutes. It didn't amount to much. Ooh, he had much one shot on goal, but it is of note because of the player he is and the profile he has. And um, that second power play did score. It was Dawson Mercer, not Holtz, Um, but he did play with Mercer. So if you're talking about incredibly cheap options, like, you know, Mercer at 4k holds at 2,700 is at least a thing. 
maybe gets you that Dougie exposure if, if that's something you're super into. And that definitely helps you afford Pittsburgh one a little bit easier. Now, I totally understand what you're saying. And Timo Mayer is awesome. Uh, Michael McLeod did see 18 minutes. He didn't see any power play run. I don't think he's all that useful, but at 3,500, I mean, what are you really asking for? He had five shots on goal. He's playing with Timo Mayer. So there's ways of doing it and not going insane. Um, you know, Luke Hughes will probably be another popular option for everything I'm saying. He isn't shooting much. He's not blocking many shots. So you're really going to need ultra efficiency. But if you're if you're going down to New Jersey and Pittsburgh are going for 14 goal type of had to have it game script, any of these guys can make sense. So again, just trying to point out some like interesting ways of attacking it uh, that some people just might not be on as much. Yeah, I think we're getting close to the time where it's just time to consider Chris Letang as in, in any game stack, you know, in any Pittsburgh stack, even though he's not on the top power play, you know, he's going to be on the ice with these stud Pittsburgh guys so much that I think I prefer him over Luke Hughes straight up. But, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Of course, he goes to this power play. Um, but I just, you know, if he really, if he gets two assists and a shot and a block, like, is he really a piece you had to have at 4,100? I don't think so. And that feels like a ceiling at this point. Like it's been several games where, um, especially without Jack Hughes in the lineup, he just hasn't really been that involved um, in, in any facet of the game. Um, so, you know, I'm probably out on Luke Hughes until we see something uh, stunning, I think, in his underlyings to to sort of bring me back in. Yeah, uh, no, no problem with it. Just, yeah, wanted right. to yeah, mention it. Uh, we can probably yeah. move on. Yes, that is about all I have here. All right, Tampa at Chicago. Um, I, uh, yeah, Tampa coming off the tough loss to uh, St. Louis, just got absolutely smoked. Uh, No one seemed to want to be there. Whatever happens, happens a lot to this team. I don't know what to make of it, but we've seen the ceiling. We know what Kucherov and Point and Stamkos are capable of. you know, I'm far be it for me to tell you that you cannot go right back to the well on these guys. Uh, so DJ, will you be going right back to the well on these guys? Maybe. I'm going to go with maybe. I I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say no. I I want to do it, and I want to do the. But I, I'm only doing it if I'm going all the way. Like I'm playing Kucherov. I'm playing Stamkos, Headman, and Point. Like I'm doing the whole thing or not at all. And I'm spending. It's unbelievably expensive, but. I don't think you half measure this one. I think you you say that that power play gets three goals or something stupid and they end up scoring seven or yeah, it's so unbelievably expensive and then constrictive at the same time that it definitely twists you into a bit of a pretzel. And now you're not getting Connor Bedard as a bring back, which I would love to have. It's interesting. I, I, I like the idea of it probably more in my head right now than I think I will tomorrow when I'm putting something together. I don't respect Chicago defensively. I barely respect them at all. But like this Connor Bedard guy kind of feels really good. And you can play him with very cheap pieces around him. Um Yeah, definitely. Could you get um, a game stack? Like, could you get a game stack together? It's kind of my in, in the entirety of the conversation. And I don't know. I yeah, I don't think one, I don't think you can, and two, I don't know that you really want to. Um, I do feel like Connor Bedard might be a bit overowned for his salary, uh, just because like last weekend he put up uh 42 against the same Tampa team on the road he was. Now he's at home. 
Um, and then you look at pricing and, you know, he's kind of stands out as like, a, you know, as a value, if that makes sense. Like Robert Thomas at 5,800, like, yeah, it's a really good matchup, but are people going to do that? Uh, Boone Jenner, Bo Horvat, like those are guys just below him. And like Bedard, I think actually will project pretty well at the center position on this slate. And if I'm fighting 10% owned counter Bedard against a team that I believe is good, and you know, I'm basically just not going to, I'm going to die in that hell this season, it seems. Um, that I just, I would rather just take Tampa and hope they just smother uh, Chicago here because I don't think Lucas Freichel does anything for the top power play. Taylor Hall being out, I think also hurts Bedard in a big way on the power play. Um, so yeah, just, I, I mean, I'm probably going right back to Kucherov Stamkos. Anytime you can give me 60% of the power play shots, um, I'm, I'm happy to take it. Um, Victor Hedman has played like 90% of the minutes with this unit. So if that changes, then Sergeyev is interesting at 4,400, but until we see that it's sort of just a no-go. Um, but yeah, uh, Lucas Reichel on the top power play DJ, is that something that you are going to be chasing? I mean, I'm good at bet his power play point prop, if that's what you mean. Um, that, that'll happen as long as it's listed. I don't think it's up yet, but that might be what I do. 3K, I mean, I want to do it, but he doesn't really shoot. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's what I was going to get at. I was I was hoping to uh, set you up with the alley-oop and then just dunk it on you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this Thank is a you. guy who... He, he profiles as like a you know really, really good prospect, um, but he's not going to be the guy who's a shot dominator. Um, I'm particularly worried about him being a bumper on the power play too, like on the power play one as well, um, because he's not going to handle the puck there. Like, what is he there for? Is he really there to shoot? Like, he's not breaking point. Like, you know, he's not going to sit in the bumper and fire shots and, you know, like be, be good. Like he's, he kind of needs a puck on his stick to contribute. Um, maybe with no Taylor Hall, he slides to the outside, but you would think if they knew Taylor Hall wasn't playing, like they wouldn't practice their power plays like that. So Chicago just feels like a freaking mess. And I just want no part in it. Um, yeah. And like he has less than two shot attempts. Lucas Reichel does per game over the last 10. Like just you no thank you. But I don't want to bet on it. What he is supposed to do is get the puck to Bedard. So they might be just trying to put him in a spot where he can feed Bedard and that's fine. Like I think he's their best distributor on that power play that isn't named Connor Bedard. So I will be betting his power play point and yeah. not playing him at 3k. Yeah. And he, and he has two points on the year. So like, I don't know. Make it three it's... tomorrow on the power play. Sir. There you go. All right. Uh, Vancouver at Calgary. Uh, Vancouver playing on the back to back here. Uh, you buried the lead. Uh, Noah Juleson season is here. Uh, no, I honestly don't know why you uh, were inclined to it? mention. It was, it was a joke because I don't know why you felt the need to mention him on uh, the, the slate rundown. Um, but, you know, anytime we can talk about Noah Juleson, I guess you got to. I'm just saying there's going to be cheap defensemen here. I don't know why. I guess I, I picked out Noah Juleson <laughs> entirely. I, I Yeah. I'm just saying anyway. that, like, there's going to be a really cheap defenseman on vancouver that will be playing and that could block some shots or something stupid there you go yes and um you know just something of note this game is at nine o'clock vancouver is playing at 10 o'clock on wednesday night so again the 23 hours is that extra hour really meaningful i don't know but um it, it feels like it might be at least something um so I'm relatively out on Vancouver anyway at their prices. Like I would just rather play Tampa straight up um, than eat into this matchup, even at what's probably going to be pretty low ownership. Um, but like McKayev is up at 5k. Kuzmenko is 
very expensive for what he offers you, which is not much 90% of nights. Um, and then Besser and Quinn Hughes are also super expensive based on their uh, very productive past stretch of games. So uh, this to me is Calgary only, but DJ, uh, any interest in Vancouver here? Uh, no, it's Good. not cheap. Okay. There you go. I, I honestly, I was, I mean, Besser's up to 7K now. Hughes is 7,500, get a life. Pedersen, 8,500, JT Miller, 77. I, I just, I'm not paying these prices, but uh, I don't think many will. Like I, you know, I, I think it's probably does get a bit of a lower ownership comparatively to the output they've put together um, on the road in a back-to-back against a team that I do respect defensively. So it, I'm not going to play it, I don't think. Um, you know what? I might even think. I, I know I'm not going to play it. And I do have at least some interest in the Flames because – Vancouver has been very, very lucky, I'd say, to get this goaltending that they've continued to get from both netminders. And at some point, Casey DeSmith, who's almost definitely going to be a net, is probably due for some regression. Um, and it, it could be here, but Calgary is kind of tough to nail down, although very cheap. Yeah. Um, against the Montreal Canadiens, Jonathan Huberto, Michael Backlund, Blake Coleman had 15% of the expected goals. Um don't know what you're supposed to do with that information, but I just found it very funny. Um, so Jonathan Huberto is just dead. He's terrible. Just don't do it. 4,100. Who cares? Uh, Nazem Kadri, Zari, and Pospisil remain pretty cheap, um, but you know the minutes weren't quite there last game. The production was, but um, you know, so that's where I would go if I were targeting this game. Um, I think this is relatively low on my priority list, however, so um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Noah Hannafin also stepped on the top power play with Kadri Zari. So, like, you know, I don't know. I think I'd rather yeah. just play Anderson as a one-off and because he can block, he can shoot. And, you know, obviously a power play unit with John Dean Hirudo, you know, he could get shots too because uh, Hirudo won't shoot him. So, no, I don't know. No. Uh, not much of Not much exciting here whatsoever, though. What about in the next game with two back teams on a back-to-back? God damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, here we go. The Islanders at Seattle. Um, yeah. The uh, Jordan Eberle revenge game at 3,300. That actually is pretty interesting. Uh, as of Wednesday night, he should be on a line with uh, McCann and Beneers. So, you know, the, the line you would expect. And McCann is much cheaper than I think he's been at any point since god i don't know mid last year (laughs) um where you know he's 5300 like he's gonna shoot um you know he's gonna be the focal point of their top power play everly is perfectly serviceable i'm not sure how he mixes into the power plays but he'll be there um and at those prices you don't need a ton for them to you know be, be in the mix and obviously we've seen this line have a ton of upside in the past so I really like Seattle one. I'll probably just not play Beneers. Like I would almost rather play Fantilli, just, you know, one-off versus playing Beneers in that stack. Um, but that's just because I'm stubborn. Like Beneers is a fine play, I think, as well. So any uh, any other takes in this game? No. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm Xing it out, but I think I very likely am not on this game in any capacity. Um, I do like, I think if the only thing is Everly McCann, that is of note and definitely of interest, but everything else screams to me that this game is, I mean, it's not even that cheap. Like the, the Islanders are not that cheap. Uh, Bo Horvat's yeah. 6,700. Uh, I mean, I, where is, am I blind? Well, yeah, Barzell 56. Uh, yeah, it's just, it, no, that's, it's a no. And I, that's a pretty I think good that, price. 
Yeah. yeah, I think well, I think that's the only way you go, and it's not incredibly cheap, but it's affordable. And but I, I do think that Matt Barzal has actually been very, very, very good. And while he's only at ten points in the fourteen games, I, you know, I think it should be more than that. And like that's the only spot again. It's like there's two very small stacks here, and of course Noah Dobson fits in, and Vince Dunn fits in. But I, yeah, I'm not that interested here. So I'm I'm just again I'm talking myself into what would be okay to play if I was gonna play it, but I don't think yeah. I will. So. I'm expecting Everly to come back into the power play uh, with um, with McCann on the Schultz unit. So that's, you know, the three man I would at least consider, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always been a sucker for Justin Schultz. So like, you know, it's, it's so cheap 3,200 that like, yeah, he's probably going to hurt me most of the time, but I think he has the upside for a 20 point night. He's hit 16 multiple times this year already. So like, you know, 20 points, it's a lot to ask for but it's right around the corner i think for him um and just given the matchup given the spot like yeah it's a bit of a sludge matchup but the islanders maybe they're a little bit up tempo again you know we've said that over and over um and then as far as going the other way like yeah matt barzell is what i would do just you know ignore the high prices on these other guys um, he's rocking a 17 I course for 60 at five on five. Uh, that's up from basically a static 11 for the rest of his career to this point. Um, now is 14 games enough to prove that he's a different player? Well, probably not, but honestly, unlike a guy like Quinn Hughes, where I made that same argument, like the forwards have the puck on their stick. They're the ones making the decision. Whereas Quinn Hughes, yes, he carries the puck a ton, but he's not often in the offensive zone with the puck, you know, as much as Matt Barzal is. So um, it seems to me like this is a conscious decision by Barzal to shoot more um, and it's showing up. And, and frankly, the fact that he's a thousand less than Horvat and 600 less than Brock Nelson is kind of offensive. And like, you know, he's, he's the engine that makes them go if not Noah Dobson. So I really like Barzal in this spot and might even play him as a one-off. Um, so just, just wanted to tout him uh, particularly. All right. Yeah. Florida, LA. Yeah, uh, Florida and L.A. I mean, Florida is on the West Coast trip. L.A. hasn't played in a while. I'm not sure if that factors into much of anything. Um, everyone on L.A. feels decently cheap, except for Kempe, who has been red hot up to 7K now. But he's really been like the focal point of the offense as well, just shooting the the lights out of the puck, scoring in four straight, going into their small you know five-day break. Hard to ignore him. Um if you're going to play the Kings and I could see at least a reason why Dowdy has also been, I'd say pretty useful, but just quiet as far as getting points to follow his minutes and usage in key spots uh, at 4,400. Kopitar is a guy I very, very rarely play and he's almost 6k at 5,900, but is a point per game player. So that makes sense with Kempe. But I, I think personally here, like I would be fine just playing like Kempe Dowdy and moving on. If I was going to play LA and I don't really find myself all that interested in paying up for Florida here. Like it's not cheap at all. Um, for Hagee is the piece that I think is makes the most sense at 5,800 with that power play run, but I don't know how you're playing him without Matt, the Chuck. Uh, well, I... uh, last game, so, sorry to cut you off there, but last no. game they switched up the lines halfway through and finished them with Barkov, Reinhardt for Hagee. Um, you don't freaking say so I don't know if that sticks, you know, Maurice uh, does this all the time and he's a freaking donkey, but um, that line would obviously be fully power play correlated. Um, they moved Rodriguez to the 
uh, third line with Lundell and Lusterainen, and they move Nick Cousins with Matt Kachuk and Sam Bennett. So yeah. I would expect that just because they were, I mean, Florida was dead through one period. Like nothing happened. I don't know. You, you said you fell asleep. So um, yeah, I was maybe you asleep, didn't watch any. By the time that game started, I was basically in a coma. Okay. So they were, I mean, so were the Panthers. Um, huh. And then they switched the lines and, you know, they, they obviously came out and scored a bunch, but it wasn't just the goals that were um, lacking. It was just, I mean, everything was just not there for Florida in the first period. Um, and yeah, obviously line changes are line changes, but um, for whatever it's worth, it does seem to have worked. And therefore it's probably reinforcing the idea to Paul Maurice. So ideally we don't get a morning skate for Florida. This is a late game. No one's really paying attention. And the optimizers just say, oh, over Hagee Kachuk, you know, jam it. And then we can just come in with the Reinhardt Barkov jam um, alongside, you know, for Hagee. And obviously it's super expensive and not a great matchup, yada, yada. Um, but there could be a slight edge there if we don't get a morning skate out of Florida, because I think that's a pretty good bet to make that Verhage takes Rodriguez's role on the top line and obviously, you know, keeps his power play one job as well with those top line guys. Yeah, that is true. Looking at hockey viz, everything you're saying checks out. Um, and I obviously wasn't awake, as I mentioned, so I did not see that. <laughs> so I'm very glad I have a partner that keeps us on our toes and honest here. Um, yeah, no, nothing else. I think that that is the only way I'm yep. going then. And other than that, like you could in theory build a game stack and we've mentioned cheap enough pieces to go around yeah, it, but don't. you just, you're basically, okay. Playing like Cali. Just, just one off can't be just, just one off. Yeah, or, like, you know, yep. okay. I mean, you can't really make it work salary wise. I get it. But like, I don't know why you're playing anyone in LA. If not, Adrian can't be the dude's uh, on a mission. Um, I mean, there, yeah. I could see why you played Kaliev. If you if you put him in your lineup at thirty nine hundred as a bring back, I, I at least I wouldn't say you were completely foolish. They did some line changes. Who is he playing with right now? I mean, I didn't see anything specific. I mean, the last game he was with, um, they put him in where Fiala was with Dubois. Okay, but I don't know if they went back. I was trying to look, but they haven't. I, been, I don't think like they, I said four days. Uh, so like I haven't yeah, seen any. Yeah, Kelly of Dubois, Laferriere. So yeah, Laferriere. So um, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. I don't know. That's not that exciting to me. And Trevor Moore. No, that's his. And yeah. So. So yeah. on to Chalk Ch- Lewis Blues. Yeah, let's just just read out the St. Louis lines, and then let's just move on because my God, <laughs> like come on, this is ridiculous. Like yeah, God, they're going to be so owned. Yeah, I mean, lastly, Cairo double goals. Um, they, they they scored five against Tampa. Matt, do you know how many power plays they had? I I, I do not. Uh... They had zero. They didn't get a oh, single Jesus. power play oh, in that God. game, and they scored five at five on five. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah I don't think they scored any while well, the shorthanded. No, they did not. Five five on five goals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. People are going to flock to play Kairu, Shen. The only player that didn't get there, Saad, um, Thomas. Kapanen, Busnevich, I think will be even more popular. And, you know, I mean, is Vrana, Hayes, and Torpchenko at least, you know, Vrana scored. Maybe someone thinks that 12 minutes of Vrana is worth it. I don't. The chalk is going to, in my opinion, be Busnevich at 4,900, Kapanen at 3,800, and Robert Thomas at 5,800. I think that is going to be the the most owned pieces. I mean, Robert Thomas, I mean, 16 points in 14 games. He just had a four assist night against Colorado you know, on the game logs, I think people are going to see yeah. that and say, uh, okay. I was flabbergasted at 
at St. Louis's ownership on Tuesday night. And then that was Robert Thomas, 6%, Bushnevich, 10%. Um, trying to find a Cairo team, probably just scroll to the top, huh? Uh, yeah, Shen right 7%, Kairu 9%. Like, those were shocking to me. And I would not be surprised if those tripled <laughs> in this matchup. Um, and that just, you know, uh, Jesus Christ, guys. We just did this with Philly last week. Um, you know, you, you can play it. They're, they're good plays on paper. Jordan Kairu is awesome for 6200 in any matchup. But 40% owned Jordan Kairu, you know, 30% owned Jordan. I don't know, like. Yeah, I'll take my chances on literally anybody else and just hope that even if they do score six goals, guess what? Jordan Cairo has one goal, four shots, you know, no assists. Okay, like he did he did well, but did he kill you? Probably not. So this to me just seems like a clearly obvious fade, but it's painful, especially when you consider Tori Krug at 3,900. You mentioned him you know, yep. as, a, as a way to troll me, but like Tori Krug's mere existence is a way to troll me at this point. Uh, points in four straight hit the blocks bonus last game, hit the shots bonus three games ago, playing 20 minutes, killing penalties, running the top power play, doing absolutely everything I was hoping you would do for the first, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, 10 games of the season. And then I got off and he goes on a four-game run. So uh, those are the breaks, I guess. Um, but uh, any interest in San Jose here to sort of, uh, you know, uh, fight back against the chalk, if you will. Yeah, I honestly, I, I really think there's a strong chance I'm end up with San Jose in my lineup. And it's not just Gushin, who, again, we're not 1,000% positive is going to play. I am very optimistic he does. I mean, he had an assist, two shots, two blocks. Um, yep. He's 3K. I, I expect him to be with Granlund. And my hope is Duclair. Like, I'm, I'm, that's my optim- optimism in me, is that those are the three yeah. guys they put together. They're trying to get Duclair going. I might just play Duclair, Gushin, I don't think I'm clicking Kalen Addison, but I, I'm not going to completely hold it against myself yet. I might just play those two and just move on. Um, Hurdle at 5,200 is probably still fine. I, I don't know if it's completely necessary here because I do think people will kind of go with it um, just because of the power play correlation, et cetera. I'm just way more interested in getting my exposure through Gushin. Um, and yeah, so, again, um... yeah. So assuming Gushin plays, you know, check that. Um, but he was a uh, third rounder in 2020. Uh, his first year in North America came last year. He spent the entire year in the AHL, played 67 games, had 206 shots. Um, so, you know, this is a guy who has a, a strong offensive profile as a prospect and has a shot volume as a professional to go along with it. Um, you mentioned his play last game, you know, certainly looked the part two uh, of an NHL quality player. Um, so I have no issues with him as, as long as he plays and as long as he's, you know, with decent players and not on the fourth line. Uh, we call that the Kevin LeBanc treatment. Um, so, yeah, that, there's a little bit of background. It was interesting. Mike Hoffman had some jump um, and he very quickly got moved up the lineup. He got moved on to the top power play unit. 2600 Mike Hoffman, that obviously could hit. Um it's not a cash play or anything like that, but if you're looking for a GPP one-off, 2,600 Mike Hoffman, yeah, that guy can score a goal or two. Um, so I don't mind that either. Um, but, you know, the fact that Tomas Hurdle has four straight games of double-digit DraftKings points playing for this decrepit team is, I mean, the dude belongs in the Hall of Fame, I think, for the season he's having mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. 11 points in 16 games, um, 40 shots on goal, um, playing 20 minutes a night, like, you know... At the, <laughs> I don't know. Like he's, he's, he's doing his best out there guys. Um, just somebody needs to give him some help. 
Um, and unfortunately, no one's able to, but it is what it is. Um, I'm not playing Zetterland or Eklund, I think, in, in, at their prices in this matchup. Um, but Hurdle is, you know, whatever. I mean, the Addison right. question that I raised, are you in, out, indifferent? I'm out. I'm okay. out. I think there's so much value, like, forward-wise on the slate that I'm interested in that, like, I understand taking a risk with Addison, and it was cool to see him hit the blocks bonus, you know, whatever, uh, twice now in his tenure uh, with the Sharks, but yeah, I'm just not really worried about him burying me, and I think that if I get some of these high-end defensemen, I can still build really good teams that I'm confident in. Um, but that's more of my personal lean. You know, if you're playing San Jose, of course, you can play Addison alongside it because he's going to be the guy who helps them score if they score, which is unlikely, of course. Okay. Uh, top stacks guarantee goals. Let's do it. Um, okay. Yeah. Top stacks. Uh, I am going to go back to where we started um, pretty, pretty early on, at least. I'm going to go with, um, you know what? Did you want? Did you want Vegas one? I feel like I'm taking your favorite. You kind of talked me into nope. them. I had no, uh, no, that, that was not going to be. All right. Yeah, I think I think Eichel, Marchessault, and Shea Theodore is exactly exactly what the doctor ordered on this slate. Um, call it a bounce back, call it whatever you want. I think Jack Eichel just absolutely rules, and no one's going to play him. So I think that's going to come in very very underowned against Montreal. I'm in. Okay, I cannot fault that whatsoever. Um, I'm going to go with Jared McCann, uh, Justin Schultz, and Jordan Everly. I just the Jordan Everly price is just absurd, and I really don't believe ownership will be too crazy no. here. Um, this to me feels a lot like the Dallas stack from Tuesday, where like obviously I didn't win, but you could have won, and people did win with the Dallas stack of Duchesne Sagan, um, and Nils Lundqvist. Um, I think this stack profile is very similarly to that, where it's three dudes who just have good uh, offensive profiles in their uh, NHL careers. They're pretty cheap, and the matchup doesn't suck. It's not great, but it doesn't suck. And so um, I like getting those three guys in, hoping they click on a power play goal and just you know can do enough to uh, set them apart from the rest of the slate, which is a little bit gross. So what else you got for me? Yeah, I mean, there's... There's a lot of really cheap stacks that are in play here, as we mentioned. Um, you just kind of took one that's pretty cheap themselves. Um, I think that you could get away with a lot of cheaper two-man situations. So I think I'm going to try to look if I can't get Arizona 1 with Vegas and punt elsewhere. Um, you're going to have to find a couple plays that are probably pretty gross. But I do think it's actually doable to play... It is definitely doable to play both Arizona and Vegas together in a lineup on DraftKings.com. And that is pretty interesting to me just because of the correlation, the minutes, the, you know, everything kind of comes together. I think it's a really nice build that, uh, again, I don't think it's going to be popular, at least together. Like, I think a lot of people will play Arizona. Some people will play Vegas and they're just going to go right to St. Louis. You could get away from that. You could go with both of them, and then even maybe stay away from the St. Louis one-off pieces and have a really fun, unique build. Okay. Um, here's here's my unique uh, unique stack of the night. Give me Kucherov, Stamkos, and Adam Fantilli. And, and here's my here's my argument. So, um, you know, Kucherov and Stamkos, I, I, 
I really do want to be a Braden Point guy. I, I like watching him play the sport of hockey, but man, his lows are so low. And I just don't think he hits often enough to warrant a 7K price tag like he constantly has. So give me the guy who takes like double the shots on the power play and Steven Stamkos and he's an elite goal scorer. There's obviously paths to Kucherov and Stamkos playing together at five on five as well. We've seen it all the time. Um, so with those two guys, you're sort of betting against Connor Bedard, you know, completely smashing, in my opinion, because is it is it likely that, you know, Bedard goes nuclear and Kucherov and Stamkos like are going insane on the power play? Possibly, but you know, to me it's more of a you're betting on Tampa just sort of running this game and you know, they're each hitting shots bonuses, so on and so on. Um, and I just don't see a reason for uh for Fantilli to be three thousand dollars less than Connor Bedard. So, you know, they were drafted number one and number three this year. Um, I haven't looked since last game, but they had identical shot rates going into um the the this week. And the minutes for Fantilli are creeping back upward. So, you know, there's not even that big of a difference between them, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, way to save money off Bedard. You're sort of betting on Tampa running this game. Um, and I think Bedard actually gets ownership here. So, you know, maybe that's wrong. Maybe you're not actually out leveraging the field on anything. But I think Bedard comes in around 10% owned um, when it all turns over. And I like that way to get some leverage. So let's do guarantee goals and get us out of here. Yep, last time we were uh, not fantastic for uh, one for four, but I do actually think that we picked, uh, you know, Verhage scored for me. Uh, Cousins did not up before it was atrocious. Marshan felt a little unlucky. He was super duper involved. And Fantilli, again, super duper involved. Marchenko scores on his line. Um, so we're going to need to be better than that. You know, one for one out of four, if you bet on all of them, and Verhage was the one that scored, definitely didn't get you there. We're going to have to get you there on this slate. So Matt as I introdu- introduced us into this, do you have anyone you want to start out with? Yeah. Give me uh uh no, I just realized you took Vegas. Okay. Um, give me Matt Barzell, 5,600. Um, you know, I, I read off his shot rate. Uh, it's on the climb uh, power play role. Very clearly there. Uh, people profile him as a playmaker, but he's been a shooter this year. So I say Barzell gets the job done, scores us a goal. I like that. That's, that's a good player. That's a guy that plays hockey, plays it well, plays it hard. He gets out there, corner, jam. Um, Tries hard, loves the game. He loves the game, loves the game. Team player, you know, always uh, not, not a not a point the fingers guy, you know, takes the blame. This isn't me stalling to find someone that I like. This isn't that at all. This is me talking about a player I truly, uh, I truly love. So all of that not stalling has led me to a couple conclusions. One, I feel like we took a lot of stacks of players that I like and games I like, but two, that I am going to lock in a player on the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that player is Jake Gensel. Yeah. And then I'm, uh, and then I'm, wait, no, I have enough. Okay, never mind. All right. Um, so I am going to go a, a little, a little psycho mode here. Um, you know, a, a guy who historically uh, we're not big fans of here at the Moiskate podcast. But this is the swan song for Mr. Oliver Ekman Larson. There is one chance, I think, before Brandon Montour comes back. 5,200, the Florida top power play. Just, you know, everyone's running around trying to cover Sam Reinhardt. And, you know, but guess what? Sam Reinhardt, he's a monster around the net. You know what he does really well? He screens. You know who takes shots from the point? Oliver Ekman Larson. Oliver Ekman Larson is scoring a goal on Thursday night, and nobody is going to see that. 
and no DJ. You do not screen very well. I wish I, I had would. I okay, wish so. I had. I wish I had the play on DVR from high school where you immediately took a penalty on broadcast and television uh, on our top power play. It was great against another one team in the state. Well, now that my soul is hurt, there's only one player I could possibly be taking here. And of course, if I have to change it, I will. You know who that player is, Matt? God, uh, I don't actually know Jake Gensel's price. Is it Alex Holtz? 3K. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see you. We're talking about Vanille Gushkin. I would be disingenuous if I said I, I, I think it's, I'm going to be betting his goal prop if it's listed. It might not be listed first off. I want to start there. He might not play tomorrow. If that does happen, I will pick someone new. All right. There's, I mean, I could literally just take Everly. I know he's in your stack, um, but I could just do that and and whatever. We'll have to build a little, a little Barzell. Uh, the game stack of the game, I'm like, this game sucks. And that's what I did last time too. I was like, I don't like Boston Buffalo very much. And then we picked two players from that game. Brilliant stuff. But not now, okay? Gensel, Gushkin, to the bank, we go. All right. And uh, into our Thursdays we go. So, uh, DJ, anything else we say before we head into this Thursday slate? Um, no, win a bunch of money and let us know when you win a bunch of money. Um, you can add us or whatever and re- we'll retweet it. It's fun. That's about yeah, it. we are. We are on Twitter uh, at Morning Skate Pod. Uh, I'm at Fake Moods. DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. Um, and be, be sure you get in the Discord. You can DM one of us if you want access or if you've you know not been in for a while. Come around, say hi. Uh, we're having fun. Um, should be an interesting Lulz episode on Thursday, which actually might be hockey relevant. So I'm sure we'll be live discussing uh, that, uh, that show as well. So uh, with all that said, uh, thank you all for tuning in. From Doug, from DJ, from myself. Happy slate, everybody, and we will see ya.